Welcome everyone to episode 201 of the Bodybuilding Dietitians podcast. Thank you for joining us for what is going to be a bit of a different episode yet again. It's kind of a year in review and it's been an awesome year so far. We're going to discuss the highs, the lows, if there are any lows and kind of a bit about next year. But Tiara, how have things been going this last year? (laughs) These last, what, 364, 365 days of 2023. Well, what? There are 367 days in a year, then minus one. So that is 363. My goodness me, Jack. There's not 367 days in a year. There's 365 days. And right. then if it's a leap year, there's 364. Wow. Well, that's something I've learned this week. <laughs> there you go. Jack just added two days extra to his own calendar. He's going to be living longer than all of us. Yeah. That's why my birthday changes every year. Ah, that makes sense. See, you can't blame me for not remembering the date. Yeah. (laughs) By the way, October 17th, put it in your calendar. (laughs) No, but 2023, man, what a year. It's been amazing, to say the least, in terms of personal growth, career growth, bit of muscle growth, if I do say myself, and for you as well. You know, looking a little bit more yoked over there. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome too. (laughs) But no, it's been a fantastic year once again. I think just for Team TBD and TBD in general, you know, it's now December of 2020-23. We started this podcast back in December of 2018. So just celebrated our five-year anniversary for the podcast. That's pretty special in itself. But another year of just continuing to grow and expand Team TBD with a whole array of new clients and athletes and This has definitely been a year where we've brought the most number of competitors to stage across both season A and season B here in Australia. Even a mid-year show thrown in there with WBFF, coaching clients overseas as well over in the US and New Zealand. It's been an awesome year for our team. There's no doubt about that. And I'm so proud of us as well on a content front too, like continuing to put out high quality, informative, and you know, cheesy but equally as hilarious content over there on Instagram through all of our Canva posts and things of that nature as well as podcasts. So it's been a really good year. I feel as though in terms of like career growth, in terms of creation and also just continuing to expand the team. I second all of that. It's been a good year across all facets. Mm. I think each year is getting better and better. So we'll just see what 2024 has to bring yeah well provided that there's only 365 days in this year and there's not an extra two (laughs) tick over in a few hours and we'll be in 2024 yeah (laughs) we'll be staying up to what 12 1201 a.m uh in your dreams (laughs) literally and figuratively i think that tonight i'm gonna get to bed around maybe 8 30 wake up in the morning nice and fresh and early welcome in the new year it's low tide might take the dogs out on the beach yeah they'd like that they would yeah but yeah it has been an awesome year to say the least i think more travel than anything like especially in terms of shows like i know i went down to new south wales and victoria a number of times we flew up to townsville for the tropic show i flew over to japan for a week for the amateur olympia so more than ever we went to the us and the uk yeah and well, cyprus as well exactly we made that family trip finally happen where we visited family i thought that home. was work oh, oh of course sorry i hope our accountant's <laughs> not listening to this 
a working holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> but yeah, flying no, overseas, that around the world trip to visit all our family members, finally, right? That was a little bit postponed post-COVID, but we made it happen. And that was really freaking awesome. Yes. Yeah, I really enjoyed all of that. I didn't travel quite as much as you, but I had my own goals on my end to, to tick off this year, which which were certainly ticked off from a professional standpoint. Yeah, well, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think this has also been a year where bodybuilding's just really opened up our eyes in terms of the opportunities that it can provide. Obviously, not just the amazing people that you can meet and the athletes that you can coach and all of the shows that you can attend and things of that nature, but even opportunities such as, I know at the beginning of this year, I was able to create quite a bit of content for Sports Nutrition Australia and present at the Women in Sports Nutrition conference and seminar there as a bodybuilding dietitian alongside so many other leading female researchers in this space, which was just such a neat opportunity. And even from that, like making connections with Dr. Louise Burke and She's a board member for the IOC, which is the International Olympic Committee. And she offered me a paid opportunity to actually help teach a whole bunch of students on bodybuilding nutrition, which I thought was just so freaking neat. And you take me back 365 days ago and that would have never been on my radar, which was so cool. Being on a whole bunch of podcasts this year as well, you know, just being able to be a guest speaker and Heck, even being able to judge for WNBF, their first Australian show at the end of this year, and having the opportunity to learn how to judge and be a test judge, and hopefully in future actually be a legitimate judge on the panel. It's just opened my eyes to like, the opportunities are out there in this sport if you choose to take advantage of them. You know, you don't just have to be an athlete or you don't just have to be a coach. Like, Obviously, you can attend so many shows domestically and internationally. You can go to workshops, you can go to conferences, you can go to seminars, you can connect with so many people, you can educate so many people, you can learn from so many other people yourself, and you can make so many friends. You can make so many friends in this industry. Like, I look back 365 days ago, and there's so many new people in my life now that I'm so grateful to have relationships with that. I didn't know them 365 days ago. So it's just a little reminder to say that, you know, people say bodybuilding's a lonely sport, but I'm under the impression that's only if you make it out to be. Like there's a lot of people out there just as crazy passionate about training and nutrition as you are. You just have to go out there and search and find them. Yeah, totally. And I think that's one of the blessings of social media is that it's at our fingertips. Mm. Yeah. So um, get looking. Yeah. Hey, I think that you and all the BDU guys are a classic example of that. Yeah, totally. And I think that's been a, a big part of 2024, like continuing to release an episode each week for BDU. I think it's been great to catch up with the guys each week and continue to build uh, bodybuilding down under, which I think is emerging to be one of the sort of more pivotal or larger communities in, in uh, natural bodybuilding or bodybuilding in general in Australia. Mm -hmm. I, th I call it bodybuilding and banter. No doubt yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, mainly thrown at me, but I'll take that. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, you got to give it back. <laughs> if you want to stop taking the hits, you got to start swinging. Mm. No, I, I think that'll have the opposite effect. Oh, I don't know. I think we're all waiting for some Jack Radford Smith banter. It can be pretty feisty. <laughs> yeah, maybe a bit too. <laughs>
No, but a def- definitely a fantastic year from a career front. There's no doubt about that. But what about personally, Jack? You know, you're an eyes own journey. 2023, we've capped that off. Another year of kind of solidifying ourselves in yet again, another improvement season, two and a half years deep since we last stepped off stage. How's that been for you in terms of your own personal growth as a bodybuilder? Yeah, I mean, 2023 has been an interesting one because I've sort of just been cementing what 2021 and 2022 brought to my physique and brought to the improvement season as well. Like I'm saying 2021, uh, readjusting post-show, like learning uh, to train sufficiently and, and as optimally as possible. And 2022 was cementing that, building a lot of muscle mass because I had still a lot of propensity for growth as a result of improving training and and being post-show. And then this year, kind of cementing that even further and uh, adjusting certain techniques around training and being able to train at, at like Riggs Gym uh, very consistently with great equipment and a good community as well. And yeah, just, just being more of the same to be completely honest with people, like nothing pivotal has changed in my nutrition or training. It's just been, that's kind of what bodybuilding is. Like it goes on behind the scenes and if you're having to change things a lot or change things all the time, then chances are you, you either keep doing something other than unnecessarily changing things or you're doing lots of wrong things and having to change them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think to succeed as the best bodybuilder long term, you undoubtedly have to build a lifestyle out of it. And it's just those repetitions day after day and trust that the things that you're doing, they are building compound interest and they're going to compound to something really, really great in the end. But also, cheesy as it sounds, you have to love it. You have to be head over heels, crazy passionate and obsessed about it if you are going to keep doing those things day after day. And they're just those learnt ingrained behaviors in you. And you wouldn't have it any other way. You know, you genuinely love doing the do in terms of everything to do with your training and your nutrition and your overall health and your lifestyle. You just love looking after yourself and like those 0.001% improvements on the daily, just becoming a little bit addicted to them. And then over time they add up. Are you interested in optimizing your nutrition, training or physique? If so, head on over to our website and explore our coaching services. We have options for everyone, regardless of whether or not you want to compete. Tap the link in the show notes below or head on over to our website, thebodybuildingdietitians.com to inquire now. So on that note, Jack, given that this past year has been, in a sense, a bit of the home stretch for your improvement season, what's on the horizon for 2024? What's coming? Yeah, it's going to be a big year, I feel like. Uh, again, 21, 22, 23 has been quite similar, like obviously progressing in the right direction and lots of good to take away from those years. But I think 24 is, I mean, both of us going to compete, which is going to be a huge dynamic. We're competing in separate seasons. And obviously I've got my own competition preparation as well, which has been in the works for a long time now. So I've actually recently, uh, this is day four, I think of of a mini cut so i'll be mini cutting at the the first probably month and a bit of next year and then i'll be maintaining until around april and then i'll start my comp prep in april which will kind of go all the way from april to i think october or november depending on on what my final show will be man jack radford smith is back in a classic mini cut emphasize underline 10 times that word mini 
<laughs> rapid cut. How are you feeling going into this mini cut compared to previous mini cuts that you have gone through? Because I know in the past you've been, you know, just impending, oh gosh, let me eat less food for the love of God. How have you been feeling going into this one? Yeah, I think still, still looking forward to it because I do get uncomfortable, but nowhere near as uncomfortable as the previous one. Um, so I finished off at around the same weight, like around 94, 95, but I definitely was leaner this time around, which I think enabled me to be more comfortable overall. Mm. And uh, that's obviously a win. Yeah, I've sort of just delved into this one very smoothly, like keeping food choices pretty much exactly the same, but just lower quantities and almost just, yes, I think before I maybe used to build up dieting to be a little bit more than what it was. Not that I was apprehensive or scared about it, but more so just um, treating it as something that is uh, like super important and something that is trepidatious and that I haven't been doing as much, but now it's, it's literally just the same routine, just, just less food. Mm. And I think that's the best way to face it, especially going into the comp prep itself in April. Exactly. Don't make it out to be a bigger deal than it needs to be because it's really not a big deal in any sense. Because <laughs> that's the thing. You wake up the first day of a dieting phase and I think that you're filled with a little bit of excitement because you are entering into a bit of a new chapter and you're working toward a new goal. But soon be told, you realize that, hey, still kind of doing the exact same thing in terms of I'm still going to the gym at the same time, still eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and my meal three at the same time. I'm still even eating the same foods. It's just a few less mouthfuls of food. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I have been enjoying looking forward to my meals a bit more, like the appetite. I remember the appetite last time probably took probably five to seven days to come back, uh, whereas it, it's come back in a pleasant fashion, like much faster this time around, which reinforces that. I think um, body fat was in a better spot. Mm, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you could even tell that from the amount of noise being made in the kitchen this time round. Like you were just having a normal smoothie in the morning for one meal out of four. Whereas in the past, I think that you were having to have a few of your meals as like more liquid meals in that sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So and now we don't have to fight over the blender. Mm, that's true. <laughs> even though both of them are mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, but... I want to hear some dirty deets, if you want to call them those. But Jack, spill the tea. I want some numbers. Everyone loves numbers. You know, we don't like saying, oh, you know, this is individualized to me and don't copy paste and all that sort of stuff. Like, where are you at in terms of your peak improvement season macros and your peak improvement season body weight? How much has your weight changed over this past week? How much has AJ dropped your macros by? Tell us. Yeah, so ultimately... Uh, I'll give people some numbers then. So if you if you wish, so my peak body weight was around ninety four point five, and my macros there on a training day were I think six seventy five carbs, seventy fat, two seventy five protein, and that got slashed all the way down to I mean still a decent amount of food, but four hundred carb, fifty fat, two seventy five protein, so about a fourteen hundred calorie drop, mm. and. Yeah, things have been going well on it so far. I've dropped, I mean, again, it's only been a few days, but I've dropped from uh, a roughly 94.5 to 92.7. So that kind of big whoosh is expected given the reduction in food volume and carbohydrates 
and I'll probably continue losing at about a kilo a week. And as per previous uh, mini cuts, like we usually get around two to three weeks of, of progress on these macros and then uh, it slows down to less than a kilo each week and then we drop again and then that kind of finishes us off. Mm, yeah. Awesome. And you said that you guys are predicting to carry this out for not so so many anymore. It's not just going to be like a three-week cut, but rather you're thinking about what extending it to maybe five weeks, six weeks, leading into February? Yeah, it really just depends how I respond. I think we're anticipating getting down to maybe 87-ish and, and then maybe going up to 89, 90 uh, between February and April. So yeah however long that takes i think i that's about six kilos away so i think probably another six yeah six ish weeks of dieting or mm. seven weeks which is a little bit longer than what it was previously i think the last mini cut was actually still six to seven mm. interesting yeah. and this is a little bit different this time too because you're you are tracking more data you've recently been gifted an apple watch and I know that I'm a little bit of a data whore, but especially when it comes to heart rate, how's your heart rate responded just out of interest in terms of where it was sitting at your peak improvement season versus even now just having your calories drop so dramatically and a few less kilos on your frame? Yeah, so I mean, I don't really probably make the most of the Apple Watch, but interestingly enough, I've already noticed my steps have decreased quite a lot. Like I was actually doing around 15,000 steps when I was at my heaviest just because my neat was so high. I couldn't st sit still for very long. And I was finding that the higher step count was also really helping my ability to actually eat more food. And now it's around 12,000. So already there's been about a 3,000 step drop in neat. And yeah, my step target is still about 10,000. So I'm still exceeding the step target by a little bit. <laughs> The heart rate though, that's decreased by I reckon around 10 to 15 beats per minute already in just a few days. So That is crazy. Yeah, it is crazy. But from around 65 down to around 50 now. Wow. Okay. So, hey, you know, he's uh, quite cardiovascularly fit. No doubt about that. But that's wild. 10 to 15 beats in just days. Mm, yeah. I mean, hopefully it doesn't continue at that rate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I just recently actually put a infographic up on my own page and TBD actually talking about heart rate data and how heart rate data really is influenced by our total body weight, but also the amount of calories as well and how it can actually majorly influence your metabolic rate and how many calories you're burning on a daily basis and hence your overall energy balance. So it's something I really encourage people to pay attention to because generally when you are a little bit heavier and you are in a very well-fed state, naturally you're going to have a slightly higher heart rate. And every single heartbeat of every single minute, of every hour, of every day, of every week, all those beats add up to potentially be like hundreds, if not across a week or a month, thousands of calories. But a form of metabolic adaptation in the body's attempt to conserve energy is to slow down your resting heart rate. And I even know for myself, like the difference between going from a peak build all the way down to, you know, my initial deficit calories or even going from initial deficit calories up into a diet break, I'm the exact same. Within one week, my heart rate has fluctuated from like 57 down to like 47 beats per minute and vice versa, which it, it, it makes sense why then there can actually be such a large fluctuation between calories. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty wild, isn't it? It's pretty cool. So if anyone else uh, is kind of stumped as to maybe they've only dropped their calories by a few hundred and they're like, technically this should have me in a deficit, but why am I not losing weight? you might be frustratingly hitting a plateau simply because of metabolic adaptation and things like your heart rate, your respiratory rate. Like you said, 3,000 steps less from just like not pacing around the house as much, almost unknowingly, those things add up. So it's a reason why if you want to get yourself into a legitimate calorie deficit and you're trying to, let's say, actually be in a deficit of 500 calories, then you might actually need to drop your calories from your previous intake by far more than 500 to account for that kind of buffer of calories that you were burning just due to metabolic adaptation either side. So it's the reason why you and I are both pretty big advocates of being aggressive on both fronts in terms of when you get into a dieting phase, drop your calories by like 800 plus, right? And then when you're going into a diet break, you don't just need to increase your calories by like 100 or 200 calories, like shoot those up, especially if you're tracking like your own heart rate metrics and your own physiology and you know your body. Yeah. And it's also why calorie calculators don't always work. I mean, on paper, it, I mean, it would be nice if you could just drop by 500 calories Mm. and lose X amount of weight each week, but it's not always that simple, especially factoring in then the accuracy of establishing that deficit too. Well, in terms of math, like a 500 calorie deficit every single day below your actual maintenance calories should theoretically result in half a kilo, half a kilo. But, and that's, that's all well and good. But the thing is, are you actually in a 500 calorie deficit? Because just dropping your calories by 500 does not guarantee that it's going to be a 500 calorie deficit. You might adapt and it might only be 250 or 300. So again, add some buffer just, uh, cut out a few more mouthfuls of food and um, actually get the result. And it's very motivating. Yeah. So if only it was that easy for everyone, though. <laughs> that's why we exist. Yeah. But I know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the depths of prep, you know, they're, they're pretty spicy, but I think you going through this mini cut right now, it uh, should be all smooth sailing. I, you might feel the pinch like in the last week or two, but Hey, you'll be almost just around the bend to um, get yourself back into a well-fed state again. Plus, it's a nice reminder. Like those days where you feel it, I call them test days. I'm like, Mm. yeah, new load tomorrow, baby. Bring it on. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think I'll feel it, to be honest. Yeah. I'm pretty confident. Okay. This is my third one now, and each of them have been a breeze. If anything, the the training is more so the the more difficult aspects, not the the hunger or not the fatigue. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Just mentally. Because I think overall, my energy levels are actually better in a mini cut. Like my, my overall sort of just outlook and uh even sort of mental health is usually better while in a in a diet because i feel i feel more alive yeah absolutely and just creativity is really sparked isn't it especially like when you're not dedicating as much time to eating food and preparing food like your brain wants to find things to be distracted by and stay preoccupied so I find that I'm so much more creative and productive when I am dieting. Because when I'm not focused on food, I can be focused on other things. And it's a hell of a time. Mm. Let's talk more about you though. How has your your year been? (laughs) This year, it's been awesome. Yeah, I think we touched on the beginning on how it's been a fantastic year just from a work front. I'm really happy with all of the people that I've been able to work with and connect with, build relationships with. 
everything that they've accomplished and I've accomplished with them. Very, very proud of that. It's been a year full of learning experiences and lessons. This year, interestingly, it's been the year that, don't get me wrong, I've still consumed a buttload of health and fitness content, but it's definitely been the year where I've consumed a lot of non-fitness related content in terms of I've read a lot of mindset and sporting psychology and I guess that's kind of fitness, isn't it? (laughs) But just self-development books and I've watched a lot of documentaries and I've listened to a lot of podcasts on things that are more so just about improving yourself as a person. And once again, I feel like there's just a completely different brain in my cranium compared to one year ago. I feel amazing. I'm so happy with who I am and where I'm going and I just feel like everything right now is just so aligned with my goals and the future is very bright and I'm certainly anticipating it. So this year has been life-changing on that front just in terms of my, my mindset, which feels incredibly powerful. But it's definitely been that year where I've wrapped up the final phases of my improvement season and I'm really proud of how I just continue to execute everything on a training, a nutrition, a health front, in a really good headspace as well and just well and truly loving the journey and loving every single high and low and everything in between and then come september that's when i transitioned into comp prep and i've already been in prep now for almost four months i'm i'm over halfway like right now i'm 16 weeks out from ifbb queensland's the state show and i've already been in prep for over 18 weeks so time is flying but it's been one hell of a time Mm. yeah it really has flown time has it goes by quick when you're having fun yeah (laughs) and great work so far on it too thanks yeah so four months now in prep and i think the last time i gave a little update was actually the day just before i was about to leave for japan and that's when i had just wrapped up the first phase of comp prep where i went down from 69.1 down to 62.8 kilos in 11 weeks and then after that i went to japan for a week and i had a deload and a diet break there in japan And then for another three weeks, so four weeks total, continued my diet break and just holding myself at maintenance just to kind of give me a little bit more oomph again in terms of just rejuvenate myself, just wash away any sort of diet fatigue, really build up that desire again to get back into a deficit. So it was exactly what I envisioned it to be. And it was just a a really good time period, to be honest, that month throughout the end of November and then the large majority of December, just holding myself at maintenance. And during that time, body weight just came up by a few hundred grams as we had predicted. So at the end of my initial dieting phase, I ended up at 62.8, which was a pretty depleted sunken down tiara. And my macros there were like 180 carb, 140 protein, and 40 grams of fat. Then during the diet break, we brought carbohydrates up to anywhere between 300 to 350 grams. And dietary fat came up to about 55 grams and then protein came up to around 150. So quite a few hundred calories there. And during that time, I was just maintaining like in the mid 63s throughout those four weeks, which was really solid. You know, Uh, I think obviously all of that body weight was just accounted for in terms of just more food bulk, more glycogen, just maybe a little bit more inflammation from training even harder. So it was a good time for sure. And then two weeks ago, we got me back into a deficit to kind of 
kickstart the second phase and the final phase of prep. And macros have just been dropped right back down to where they were pre-diet break. So 180 carb, 140 protein, 40 grams of fat. And now I am sitting at mid 62s. So 62.5 kilos this morning, 16 weeks out from that IFBB Queensland show. And we're predicting my stage weight's gonna land anywhere between like maybe 57 to 58 kilos, probably 57. Again, a sunken down, pretty depleted tiara, 58, probably carved up. So yeah. Wherever we land, whatever the look is, that's what it's going to be. But it feels really good to be in this position right now in terms of basically like four and a half to five kilos above stage weight with still over three months to go. And I just have full faith that as long as I keep happily doing the work, it's all going to pan out. I'm going to achieve my goals next year. And What are your goals then? My goals next year? Yeah. I want to be a champion. What does that mean to you though? That means that I am victorious and I truly believe that I have what it takes to win. I love the self-confidence and maybe some of the listeners have noticed that you keep alluding to IFBB, but no other federations. Yeah. So that's actually something I haven't spoken about yet on the podcast because originally my plans were to do the IFBB shows in season A which would be the IFBB Queensland State Show and then IFBB Nationals, and then carry on through the rest of the season and continue to do the ICN shows and the WNBF show and really take full advantage of the season, if you want to call it that, and just have as many stage opportunities as possible, have as many opportunities to compete across different federations, have different competitive experiences, you name it. But When I visited Japan, Jack, dare do I say that trip was truly life-changing for me. It was incredibly eye-opening. It was remarkably pivotal because the people that I was surrounded by in Japan, the Australian athletes that I got to meet and make friends with and network with, all of these amazing Australian bikini girls who a lot of them are part of Scott Goebel's team at Team Goebel, but number of other girls as well, you know, shout out Franzi and a lot of other guys as well, like Jordan Dashi and Jackson Pios and Maz who made his pro debut over there in Japan as well as a men's physique competitor. I made so many new friends and connections with these phenomenal athletes and just being surrounded by all of these people who are just head over heels, driven and passionate and just obsessed with bodybuilding and the NPC and the IFBB and the judges that traveled over from the US to judge at that show, the different promoters that were there. Terrence Ruffin even did guest posing at the show and I got to meet him as well. Like being surrounded by these people, I'm like, wow, these are truly bodybuilding athletes. And it was just made so crystal clear to me that this is who I am too. This is who I identify as. These are the people I identify with. These are the people I align with. This is who I want to be. And this is already who I am. And this is where I want to take my future. And it's so obvious to me when I consume any sort of bodybuilding content, 
it's always related to the NPC and the IFBB. Like that is what I consume. Those are the athletes that I look up to. That's the part of the sport that I well and truly follow. And even though I'm very immersed in the natural bodybuilding scene, like my heart truly lies with the NPC and the IFBB. And interestingly enough, that night after the amateur Olympia show, I was reading a book and in that chapter, it was actually talking about how the most successful people in the world, they don't have a plan B. They go all in on a plan A. And that's where it was made very apparent to me that in a sense, I've kind of been falling back a little bit on a plan B. Even though my heart and soul and drive is with the IFBB to be an IFBB bikini competitor, a very competitive one at that in Australia, and one day compete as a professional athlete worldwide, I kept saying like, you know, like, oh, I'll just, I'll do these other federations because, you know, I'm a natural athlete as well and the show opportunities are there. Like, that's a load of bogus to myself. I have an American citizenship. I can travel over to the US and do as many NPC shows and IPB shows as I desire, especially with my line of work and who I am. Like that's, that's totally an option. There are show opportunities. Heck, I could do multiple state shows here in Australia during the season. There are show opportunities. So I made that firm decision to be like, I just want to go all in on my goals and on my dream because if that's where I want to be long term, I need to be wholeheartedly working toward that right now. Otherwise, it's just going to be delayed. So in Japan and flying home, I made that firm decision to just go all in on being an IFBB bikini athlete. And that's not to say I think I'm too good for ICN or too good for WNBF. Like, no, nothing could be further from the truth. I just truly believe in myself and I think that I'm good enough to just fully pursue the IFBB. So that has been the biggest kind of pivotal changing course in my journey right now. And I couldn't be happier with the decision. I haven't looked back, absolutely no regrets. It was amazing. Like the morning after I arrived home and I put on my heels to do my morning posing practice, knowing that I was just doing IFBB, like my posing skills improves exponentially. I can almost relate it to when we're in the gym, right? And you know, when you transfer over from doing three sets down to two, you don't realize how much you are like cognitively reserving, even subconsciously for that third set. And that was, that was so obvious to me as well, because like if I'm posing for 45 minutes every morning, I'd probably do like 35 minutes of IFBB and I'd be like, okay, I'll tag on some ICN and some WNBF. Like it's so clear where my passion lies. So now that I can just do full 45 minutes plus of just IFBB and that's where all my focus and attention is going toward, man, going in all in on plan A, it feels amazing. I think that's a great decision and um, hopefully some of the listeners can resonate with that. And I think it's lucky that you are doing bikini, for example, like if, if a bodybuilder thought that same way about um, switching over to the IFBB, like they only have one option if they want to be competitive, which is to, to go on hand. So it's, um, it's great that you're, you're in a probably maybe the only category or maybe men's physique potentially, but uh, bikini, you can certainly achieve that pro card naturally. And 
which for example Lisa Reed did this this season exactly right you know it's definitely achievable it's simply a matter of time and work and hella grit which is passion and perseverance toward long-term goals and once again this is who I am this is what I do like I'm in my mid-20s a lot of these girls on the Olympia stage they're in their 30s you know they've got that muscle maturity like I'm gonna be doing this regardless so I am chasing my dreams now and like dreams don't have deadlines so I am just giving it absolutely everything and I cannot wait for these next number of weeks to come and just take full advantage of the competitive season and truly just continue to bring this vision to life because I did a lot of visualization and manifesting for this comp prep and it's still playing out just as how I envisioned it to. Like I'm still just in the thick of it being like, I'm doing the thing, you know, and it's happening and I'm so happy and I'm so excited and I, I truly feel like there is greatness just around the corner. That's why I, I can't wait to step into this next year. And when I reflect back on these next 365 days yet to come, oh man, it's, um, it's going to be amazing. Just all of the experiences that I have. So can't wait. Definitely, definitely anticipating it. And it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, I can't wait to see what you can do next year as well. It's going to be an awesome year for the both of us. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait to obviously just take full advantage of this season A. And then once again, when I'm wrapping up my competitive season, you'll just be beginning your own comp prep as well. So they'll bleed into one another. Mm, yes. We'll both have the benefits of each other's preps. Yeah. <laughs> we'll both exactly be able to relate. Yeah. Maybe not to the costume attire. <laughs> You'll probably never know what it's like to wear. Well, I do heels. wear a thong. That's true. You do. You do wear a g-string, right? And to be fair, I'd say some of those bodybuilders pull it up even more up the butt crack compared to the bikini girls. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> but uh, heels, I don't know. I would actually get a, not cranky. I'm not a cranky person, but I would be like, Jack, can you not? <laughs> You're going to break those. <laughs> if you got into my heels, one, probably stretch them with your feet, but also uh, don't need that stiletto to crack with um, over 90 kilos in the frame. No, I'd probably damage the floor too. Yeah. <laughs> Jack falls through the cement. <laughs> too big, bruh. Stick to bodybuilding. I'll stick to bikini. Sounds good. I'm cool with that. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, that's to wrap up. 2023 and bring on 2024 it's going to be a spectacular year but jack one thing that we're going to finish on is one thing that we want to improve this next week what's something that we we noticed oh, you know that could use a little bit of work from 2023 that we want to make that tad bit better come 2024 well i've got legs tomorrow on the first of january and uh, Riggs has just got in a new hack squat and it looks like a superb hack squat. Can't wait to try it out. But that's something I want to improve on is one, just hack squatting in general. And I think squat patterns or pressing patterns for the upper and the lower body are kind of my weakest. So I want to improve on that. Obviously, it's going to ensure that I retain as much muscle throughout my mini cut and prep as possible. 
But um, yeah, just want to get set up on the hack and make sure that it all goes well. Mm, that would be very interesting to see how your progressions go because this is the first week of your new mesocycle starting off on a new machine and really kind of gauging what weights to use and your RP and everything of that nature. And then as each week, you're going to continuously diet. That'll be interesting mm. to play out. I think it could go one of two ways. I'm an optimist, so I'm hoping you're not going to hold yourself back. <laughs> Uh, but it actually might be very motivating in that sense because every single week you should actually be adding loads and making progressions despite being a lower body weight and eating less food. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably intentionally start off very hard tomorrow because I know that my strength should be the highest and it should it should be the highest now and it, it will only go, not downhill, but it will only get a little bit harder from here as mm -hmm. I continue to lose weight. Yeah. So fail? Yeah. Oh, I Jack's, Jack's chasing failure. I'm, I usually go to failure kind of regardless or <laughs> at least zero to two reps in reserve on a hack. What, what about yourself? Something I want to improve this next week. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, this is, yeah, definitely leading off the back end of 2023, but something I want to improve this next week and beyond is this is the year that I finally want to truly put myself out there on social media and actually just create more content, share more content, really document my journey. So the time is now, you know? <laughs> so I'm very excited for this next week and all the weeks to come to go that extra mile, go to that extra effort to really just create things and share things, which I think is going to just really help to document my life. And it's actually going to make me really happy and it's going to help me connect with a lot more people too. So I'm excited to start sharing more content. That's mm. something I want to improve on. I want to up my socials game because I know I have all the potential in the world to do so. It's simply just the matter of doing it. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Well, thanks everyone for listening to our final episode of 2023. If you enjoyed, don't hesitate to leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and we'll see everyone in 2024.